Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Define University podcast, a space designed for educators to ignite your passion, transform your mindset, and learn to love who you are in the process. My name is Lindsay Titus, and I am here to share simple yet strategic steps each week with you to build your momentum into creating a life full of purpose and passion. The time is now. Let's dive on in to today's episode. Welcome back, everyone. It is another episode of the Define University podcast. And uh, if you can believe it or not, we are already at episode 15. It blows my mind that we are here, but nonetheless, it is episode 15, which means it's time for another Q&A. So these, uh, we've got three questions today that came from followers over on Instagram. So if you are not yet following me over there, go on over and check it out, lindsay.titus828. Um, I love posting. I post basically daily, uh, both in my post, the feed, as well as in stories. So come on over, check us out. Um, it's And that's where, again, a lot of these questions today came from. And so we are still working through, living through, living into COVID-19 and the coronavirus. And um, so I I know a lot of educators that have been reaching out to me are really looking at that mindset piece, the the mindset of, you know, how do I keep moving forward? How do I live into truly making today this great day when maybe I'm stuck in the unknown? Maybe I'm stuck in wondering what, when is it going to be over? What is happening? And so the three questions that, you know, when I, when I put out this call for questions, it didn't surprise me that these are the questions I got because I, you know, I really do pride myself on helping educators understand their mindset and that our mindset is the foundation to the action change we want to make. You know, as a little, little side tangent here, as a behavior analyst, a lot of people often want strategies from me. They want me to give the, the what, if you will. You know, how do I change this? What's the number one thing I can do? And sometimes I have people that get a little upset when I say, well, what do you think? What feels right? What, what sounds right to you? And they'll say, I just want you to tell me. And and one of the things that people learn about me as a coach, as an analyst, as a specialist, you know, whatever label you want to provide is I don't tell you anything because at the end of the day, I can't tell you how to change. I can share what's worked for me. I can share my story. I can guide you with questions and an understanding. But here's what I've learned. If you don't find the answer helpful or beneficial or something that connects to you, guess what? We don't do that sustained change. And it's the same with our students. It's the same with ourselves. If we want a strategy, guys, we can use internet search engines. You can go search anything and everything. But what I learned is that when I did that as a teacher, one, I got overwhelmed. Two, I started to fall down the comparison trap and comparing myself to other people. I started feeling like an imposter, like I could never do this. And those feelings led to burnout. Those feelings led to me having no sense of where to even start. When instead, when I looked within and I said, who do I want to be as an educator? Who do I want to be when I'm in my classroom, when I'm in the halls? And more important than that is who do I want to be in this life in general? 
And, and so again, really long tangent was totally honest. I was going here, but I think it's really important that you know, we recognize what is it that we actually want when we ask for help or when we ask for support. Because what I've learned is I don't want someone to tell me what to do. I want to be able to figure that out on my own. But what often stops us is we're just not sure where to start. So that's that's where I'm at today. And I'm going to coach you. I'm going to provide some insight. I'm going to share some things that have worked for me in this nature of COVID-19, in this quarantine of being home, as to how do I keep my mindset moving in the right direction? How do I keep moving forward? Because for me, it's not about going back. We're not going to go back to anything because back has already happened. The past has happened. The future will be. The one and only thing I can control is the effort and the attitude I bring into this present day. And actually more specific than that, this present moment. I I don't even know what's going to happen five hours from now. But what I can control is the content I'm delivering in this podcast to you right now. And that is kind of that one foundational piece I want to provide each of you today is bring it back to the moment you are in. We will stress about when we stress. It's because we're thinking about being there when we're actually here. And so if we're stressing about the unknown, no one can answer that unknown for us. But what I can answer is things right in front of me. What do I see? What can I hear? What can I feel? What can I smell? What can I touch? All those things, those grounding pieces bring you back to this moment. They kind of clarify things for you so that you can then move forward. So, all right, that was a tangent, but it was something that needed to be shared. And so let's head on into question number one, which is, again, I told you these all relate to this mindset piece. So question one was, how do I stay motivated to go beyond what I've called the do it later syndrome? So the followers question really said, I just can't get anything done. I'm not motivated. And I keep telling myself, well, I've got all the time I want. I can just do it later. So I've, I've quoted that syndrome, the do it later syndrome. Anyone else, anyone else feeling that nowadays? And I think it's really important. And the one thing I would share first is I think it's important that of how or what mindset about time we have. So none of us actually gained more time with this change, but what really happened is it clarified our time. And what do I mean by that? I mean, we still all have the same 24 hours in the day. We still all have the 168 hours in a week. But what happened is that how our time is being used is is clarified differently. And so I think it's important, one, to recognize that mindset, because if you if we go with the mindset of I have more time, automatically you will start to think I have more things to do. It's just it's a crazy way that, again, this is my my opinion, that we have learned that if there's more time, it's more things to do. Does that make sense? So what I would ask, if you keep putting things off, if you're like, I'll do it later, I'll do it later, I'll do it later, the number one question I want you to ask yourself is, does it really actually need to be done? So often, and I think, I, I would love to think as educators, we do this more, but I honestly, I don't have data for that, but that's my, that's my gut, is that we take this notion on being the fixers, right? The do it all, we're gonna solve all the problems. And yet some of the things that we arbitrarily write down on a to-do list, don't actually need to get done. So I want you to ask yourself, does it really need to be done? One of the things, here's a quick example. One of the things I wrote down on my to-do list for work 
was to read, it was to update trainings that I previously had done with staff. And I just kept putting it off. I kept bringing it to the next to-do list, the next one, the next one. And finally I said, all right, Lindsay, follow your, follow your practice. Does it really need to be done? And I opened up the training. I read through it and I said, no, this is a really good training. But in my head, I was living in should. I was living in shouldville. And you guys know what I'm thinking about that. Get out of it. Get out of shouldville. Ask yourself, is this something that really does need to get done or is it something that I'm arbitrarily saying it needs to get done? So that's my first tip with that. The second tip is if it is something that does need to be done, I want you to think about how will you feel when it's done? So a lot of times we put things off because we don't necessarily know the, the I'm going to use the word reward, but not tangible, but just the What's the result going to be? What am I looking for when I'm done? And bring that into that moment and use that as kind of your catalyst to get started, to get your butt off the couch and go get it done so you can get to that end result a whole lot sooner. A, an example I use with this all the time is the dishes. If you guys follow me for any length of time, you know the dishes are my number one, they're the chore that I hate the most. And so when I look at a sink full of dishes, I think, okay, picture how it's gonna look when it's done. Picture how you're gonna feel walking into your kitchen when your dishes are done, and that triggers me right into getting those dishes done. I think about how it's gonna feel when I'm done. The next thing is to recognize we're not gonna be motivated 100% of the time. I don't know if I'm the first to break that to you, and if I am, I guess I say good for that because it's something that we all need to understand. We're not looking for, in my opinion, I'm never looking for 100% of anything other than to be 100% of me all the time. But there will be times, there will be times, hear me loud and loud and clear here, that we will not have the motivation to do something. And so with that, what I personally rely on is the five-second rule by Mel Robbins. If you have not watched her TED Talks or read her book and you're looking for kind of this understanding, I highly suggest you do that. But ultimately... She, she claims and she says, and I do this too, at that moment that you're not motivated, that moment where you're like, I'm just going to put it off for a little bit more, pretend you're a rocket, count down from five and launch yourself into it with some kind of movement. So five, four, three, two, one, get it done. Add in some movement. Why? Because action always leads to clarity. If we move our body, we change our mind. That's a mindset that I learned from Rachel Hollis. So you guys can see how I build my strategies in terms of life, in terms of mindset, language, action, is I keep my, I keep options open. I learn from everybody and then I apply it to me. And that's what I hope you do with all of this information too. It's not about just recreating what someone else says or does. It's about hearing that information and saying, how does this work for me? And how do I make this work for me by tweaking it so it fits my needs, my story, my authenticity? You guys get the picture. So, all right. So we're talking about do it later syndrome. So we're going to ask ourselves, does it really need to be done? We're going to talk about or we're going to think about how I'm going to feel when it's done. I'm going to recognize I might not be motivated to do it. So I'm going to 54321 it and I'm just going to get it done. And the last part I want to really just hit on is there are some things we will put off until later. But again, I want you to ask yourself why 
And not in terms of does it need to get done, but if it's something that you continually procrastinate, typically fear is a best friend of procrastination. What are you afraid of? So that's the last question I would ask myself. What am I afraid of? Am I afraid that it's going to take too long? Am I afraid I'm going to do it wrong? Am I afraid that I'm going to do this and my admin isn't going to like it and it's going to be a waste of time? What is the fear you've associated with behind it? And then remember, fear is always going to be there. Fear is always present when we're doing things that are unknown, that we're doing things that we don't know the end result. Fear is going to try and tell us, don't do that. And instead, we get to say, all right, buckle up, fear. Come on, we've got this. You're going to be my sidekick here. And we're going to know trust is always leading us. Trust in who we are as an educator. Trust in who we are as a person. And just trust in everything that I do is the best that I can with the current ability that I have, with the current skill sets that I have right here, right now. So that is question number one. Let's move right on into question number two, which is, how do I handle the emotional roller coaster that I've been on? And I, I don't know about you, but I have been on this roller coaster myself. And so it's something that I love sharing about because, again, I don't believe we can really teach on anything that we haven't actually lived through ourselves. And so for me, if I if I think back to a month ago, even maybe five weeks ago, my roller coaster of life was pretty small. I would even call it maybe one of those like kitty roller coasters. Right. So like something maybe a little bit challenging happened or an opportunity of growth that I like to call them. But they weren't so drastic that I couldn't you know, recover in a really short time. So, you don't, we don't guys know what I'm talking about. Right. The the kitty roller coasters that like if you can't even really tell maybe that you're going up and down. But things do happen. But I had a good toolbox. I had a good system to kind of keep me, keep me level, keep me solid. And then, and then this happened and then Corona happened and then COVID-19 happened. And my roller coaster became this, this crazy roller coaster of highs and lows of fast and slow. And, you know, I love a roller coaster. It's a great analogy, right? We, we get that slow, slow, steady climb to the top. And then before we can even, you know, take a view at the top, we're already down and we're going fast. And, you know, hopefully right now you've got that image in your mind and, I think, again, from a behavioral standpoint, we link on to experiences in our past. And so right now, with all of this going on, I have nothing to connect with. I, I have not lived through this experience before. So my brain is constantly seeking for any sign of safety, any awareness of I'm going to get through this, but I have nothing to link onto. So what I've been doing is I've been trying to link onto something where I have overcome the unknown feeling of how am I ever going to get through this? And for me, one of the things I go back to is my very first year of teaching. So my first year of teaching, I had, I graduated in May and I was, I was lucky enough to land a job at the school that I had student taught at just that previous spring. And so I graduated in May and I started class uh, for my master's program a week later. And then I started that job in September. So September comes, I'm, I'm first year teaching, totally out of my element, not really sure what to do. I'm going to grad school at night. And then I decided, because why not, to pick up a part-time job at a retail store. I remember distinctly thinking back to that year and numerous times asking myself, how am I gonna make it through here? How am I gonna make it to the end? How am I going to get through this? 
And guess what? I did. I'm here 12 years later to talk about it, to share what I've learned from it. And so I know, even though I have not been through COVID-19 or this situation, I know I've been through situations in my past that I've gotten through, and I know I will get through this one as well. So when these feelings come up, the other thing I remind myself is that emotions are energy in motion. They're meant to be felt. Right? We tell our kids that every day. There's no bad emotion. If you teach zones of regulation, right? we teach there's no bad zone. Every emotion has a meaning. Every emotion has an action we can take through a coping strategy. And it's the same with us as adults, but I think we quickly forget that. We instead, we try and be strong, right? And so strong means I push my emotions in. And I want to encourage you to let those emotions out. Of course, in a safe and, and functional way to get really that meaning behind it. But if you need to cry, I want you to cry. If you need to scream, I want you to go hug that pillow and let it out. If you need to, if you've got anger, grab a notepad and just start scribbling. If you are looking for encouragement, find someone that's going to encourage you. That's not going to try and solve the problem. That's not going to give you advice, but that's going to listen and give you just that encouragement that you need. You are in control of those emotions and you also get to control the effort and the action you take with them. The roller coaster is there. There's no right or wrong about it. I'm there for the ride. I am buckled up. Here we go. When I have my highs, I am celebrating my highs. And when I'm having those lows, again, you guys know it's mindset, language, action. I'm not calling my lows lows. I'm not calling them breakdowns. I'm calling them breakthroughs because every time I have that emotional pouring out, I, I cry it out. I yell it out. I journal it out. I feel so much better because I found meaning behind it. If the moment that we start putting those emotions down and stuffing them down, we don't feel good because the energy is meant to get out. It's meant to move. So let it move. Find a coping strategy that's going to help you move through that emotion. You can figure out where is this feeling coming from, and then you can continue on the path. So when we look at how do I, when the question is how do I handle the emotional roller coaster I've been on, that's what I've been doing. I've been owning the emotions and that I've been feeling them. And I've been reminding myself of times in my past when I've gone through this overwhelm and I've made it through to the other side. If I start to worry, if I start to think about the future, that's when I feel, that's when I get stuck in my head, right? Because I can't get an answer. And we live in a world where we want that answer and we want it now. We live in this service delivery world. I can get it now. But when I can't, that's when worry starts to creep in. So if you're stuck in your head, meaning you've got those kind of endless thoughts going around and around and around, I want you to write it out. I want you to journal it out. Like I said, scribble it out if you have to. I actually love using a whiteboard for this and I just draw arrows, I draw X's, I do circles, I do hearts. I, I do kind of everything to get it out. If you're not a huge writer, you can easily grab your phone and just do a note and just do voice to text, right? Hit the little microphone and just talk it out. Another way I've done this is if you don't have a person to talk to, maybe that understands or that you feel comfortable sharing this with, go find a mirror. You are your best audience. And I know that sounds a little silly, but serious, but try it out. Go put yourself in the bathroom, shut the door, put face to face in the mirror and just have a conversation with yourself. Let yourself express the emotions that you're feeling and see if that doesn't allow the weight of this unknown to slowly lift. We're chipping it away one step at a time. It's not going to break off like in a huge piece of ice. It's going to break off chips at a time, but it's living through that emotion 
can make us, that's where that exhaustion is coming from. So remember, we are, we're living in a thing where I can't necessarily connect to a past experience. So my brain has nothing to connect with. And it's constantly searching for that though, which is why for me, again, this is my own personal opinion. At the end of the day, I'm emotionally and energetically more exhausted than I am when I'm working at, in my work building, in the schools, doing all the things because I know what that, I know what that feels like. I know what that looks like. I've done it. I do it day after day after day. When I don't, I'm constantly thinking ahead and then bringing my brain, bringing my thoughts back to the present moment. That that can be exhausting. So make sure with that, part of the emotional roller coaster is knowing how to rest with intention, how to really sit down and say, you know what, right now I'm going to rest. I'm not going to feel guilty. I'm not going to feel doubt or shame. I'm going to trust that this is exactly what my body needs because this hour of rest or this 30 minutes, this 10 minutes, time really doesn't matter here, guys. It's what your body needs. When you can rest, you can bounce back. I did this just this last week, Friday afternoon. I took as a rest afternoon. I rested with intention. My family knew what I was doing. I knew what I was doing. I woke up Saturday ready for life. I had more energy than I had felt all week. And I know it's because I had rested with intention. So if you can't do a half day, don't do a half day. Start with 30 minutes. Start with five minutes. Make it simple. Make it something that you can't not do, if that makes sense. All right. So that hopefully answers that question. Again, it's it's going to be personalized for all of us. But for me, that's how I've handled the emotional roller coaster. I've owned it. I said, this is where it is. I've, if I get stuck in my head, I write it out. I try and link to something that I've done in the past and I, and I talk it out any way that I need to when I'm feeling those emotions, whether I'm laughing, whether I'm crying, whether I'm angry, it doesn't matter. I'm feeling those emotions so I can move forward. All right. The last question I want to share with you today is I had someone reach out and say, you know, I have a student who's not engaging in e-learning. What should I do? And without even thinking, my first response back was, what would you do if you were in school? Now, I recognize there are so many different variables here. There are so many variables. But I've, I've said it before in a different sense, and I'm going to say it again now. When we try and do things unique to one situation over another, that can quickly learn to lead to exhaustion and burnout. Because what happens is then we start to train our brain to say, for everything that's different, I need a different system. And that is, that's where we do that with habits a lot. And I've been researching habits a lot lately because I do have, I have an upcoming webinar that I'll share more about at the end of this podcast, but I've really been doing research into habits. And one of the things that keeps becoming very clear and evident is that when we have multiple systems, we get into system overload. We can't remember, do I do this system for that or that one for that or that one for that? It's the same thing, guys, as if you have a classroom that has eight behavior plans, right? Once you get beyond one or two individual behavior plans in a classroom, you start to have that same system overload. Do I do that for this kid or that or that? And so if I go into a classroom that has multiple plans, I don't look to work on those individual plans. I, I work on the system of the classroom as a whole, because if the whole system can be redefined and simplified, then I may not need as many as those in many of those individual plans. It's the same thing here. So when we think of e-learning versus learning in school, I don't want you to necessarily think I have to do things so different. I want you to start with 
What would you normally do? Make a list of what you typically would do if your student was not engaging in your classroom. Then I want you to go back through and reflect and look at that list. Are there things you, you can't do because of the difference? Cross those off. Are there things that you maybe just need to tweak? Do that. And are there things on there that you could do right here, right now? I want you to circle them and I want you to go do those. So if it's something like you'd have the student, maybe you'd go reach out to the student during lunch and you'd go find some time during the day to go find, you know, time to talk to that student. You can do that here. Send them an email, give them a call. Think outside the box in terms of if they're not engaging in their in your classroom, if they're not engaging in your virtual classroom, what are they engaging in, right? We think of motivation, we think movement. Where are they? What are they doing? And that might mean that you do some one-on-one -on -one calls for a week or a couple days to really see what's going on, what's blocking them. That's no different than what we would do in class. It's just going to look a little different. So again, I there are tons of strategies out there for how to engage students. I think that's something that we could easily search. We can use in that search engine. But what I want to encourage you to do is instead of trying to find 10 new things, I want you to simplify things and I want you to go back and make that list of what would you do in your class and then I want you to see what of those can I try today? Because if I keep saying one day, one day, one day, it's going to stay in the future. It's going to stay one day from you know, from tomorrow. When instead, if I can say, what can I do today? I can, make, I can make a phone call today. I can set up a passion project today. I can ask them questions today. I can do an activity that maybe is more in line with their interests. I can do that today. So find something that you can do today to continue that connection, to continue that relationship. That would be my number one thing to start with. And then you go from there. And then you start to see, remember, it's to continue asking questions. Stop me, let's, let's stop making assumptions. And this is something I'm working on too, in saying they just aren't excited about it. They're not ready for it. We know it's deeper than that. We know there's so many variables going on. I mean, I just talked about in my previous example, us adults are going through these roller coaster of emotions. Kids are going there too. So disengagement I want to dig deeper. I want to figure out the why behind their disengaged, what's going on, but I want to do it in a way that's in line with habits that I've previously as an educator have done. Because when, you when you're relying on a system that you already know, guess what loop we're in now? We're into that success and confidence loop. When you feel successful doing something as an educator, you're going to bring confidence to it and you're going to do that more often. If you're doing something that's brand new, that maybe doesn't get you the initial result that you were looking for, we're, we know this with habit change. We're not going to be as likely to continue it. So do what you know to do. Be willing to try some new things, but start with your foundational pieces first. All right, you guys, so that answers the three questions that I wanted to share with you today on the Q&A portion of the, web, of the podcast, um, and I really hope you enjoyed. I would love for you to provide that feedback. If you love this episode as much as I loved providing it to you, please go ahead and subscribe, leave a review. I would love for you to share this out on social media and, and just to continue sharing the mission and the vision of Define University. And every, please know every message I get, every DM I get, every email I get, I, I don't take those lately. Those, those actually are what keep me going. They are what keep my motivation going beyond my own personal why. But knowing that this information is helping educators become stronger in who they are, that's exactly why I created this 
business. It's why I do what I do every single day. So please know from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate each and every one of you. And um, I would just love for you to continue sharing that message. If we have not connected yet on social media, come find me. I'm like I said, I'm on Instagram, lindsay.titus828. I'm also over on Facebook. You can just search Lindsay Titus or you can find the Define University group um, by just searching Define YOU University and you'll find us there. Couple quick updates and announcements and I'm so excited. I have a brand new website that just launched this week. So I would love for you to go check that out. That is www.defineuniversity.com. And as I briefly mentioned in the episode, I do have, I have a monthly webinar series. I don't know how many of you knew that, but last month in March is when I started and we did time management. And this month, the series is about habits and goals. And so it is, it will be next Sunday, the 19th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And so I would love for you to join us to register and um, you can check all of that information out. Um, It will be in the show notes or you can, again, reach out and I would be happy to share that information with you. So with that, you guys, I am so excited to bring a new episode to you next week. And um, until then, have an amazing week ahead. And you guys know this, but we will talk soon.